Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And um, this show is going to be a very interesting show, and we are going to start with the idea of talking about what it's like to go between the worlds, not the past life, not the future life, not the off-planet life, but the world between worlds. Uh, Mary Phelan's uh, taking some time off this evening, but we'll be back next week. And uh, we're looking forward to this. So uh, the world between the worlds is where we go when we die. This is really simple concept, except everyone doesn't want to see it that way because there's such mystery, such doubt surrounding the idea of uh, death. But having had the death experience, having been dead, having been shot to death during a mugging uh, in Manhattan in 1977 and journeyed to the other side. I uh, have a very clean insight into it and have for many years now uh, been taking people between the lives. Why would I want to go between the lives? Um, to see what the contract is that you're functioning with down here now. Uh, my contract included quite a bit I'm amazed by the number of um, conceptual realities that have become real for me uh, during the process of this lifetime. So between the worlds, what happens between the worlds? Well, there's the introduction. There's the uh, moment where you are between the worlds. And uh, everything that happens is education. There's nothing else that actually happens. We'd love to believe it. We have a lot of words that would indicate it's other than education. But as soon as we discover that it is all just a form of education, and there is a singular curricula, which is love, everything is education about love, it's a much easier world to live in. Uh, our language absolutely forbids us to understand Everything is love. There are so many words in it that belie the concept that it uh, makes steering, speaking this language, thinking in this language, uh, far more stimulating than is necessarily necessary. The idea that everything is love cannot possibly be recognized thinking in the languages spoken on this planet. So that's part of what my incarnational contract has to do with, too. Uh, and the next book has just begun writing itself. Um, did a long series of books on um, the language codes. The first language code book published in the spring of 2000. And I'm very happy with it. The, um, of course, it would not be quiet. But the original language codes book, yeah, the language codes book, I just asked you to recognize the idea that there are unconscious triggers in our language and they are habitually putting you to sleep. They do this. This is what they do. Uh, in this book, I mentioned the word try. So when I hear another person say try, the first thing I know is that they aren't going to do that. Uh, the little boy and little girl in the back seat, the siblings in the back seat, and mom says, we'll see. 
and the one sibling asks, what does mom mean by we'll see? And the other sibling says, she means we won't. We won't get it, we won't, yeah, okay. So all of these codes, even as children, we are unmasking codes. So this book is about mastery of unmasking codes. So this was followed by, in 2006, I think it was 2006, I don't care anymore. This is the um, hidden language codes. And this went much further in our concepts of understanding the language. We do, um, in this book, for example, we introduce the idea of language management, managing our life with our language. So I'll give you a very simple, simple example of language management. Let's say you are at your desk and there's a pencil on the desk, okay? And you say, this pencil is there on my desk. Perfect sense, perfect English. What if you say, this pencil is here on my desk, okay? You have then managed to move the pencil, well, by magic, by language. You moved the pencil. Now, here's what I'm saying, the more advanced codes, what I'm introducing. There's no there. There's no such thing. Uh, people that have explored with me between the worlds, um, there is the idea that part of your soul remains there and projects part of itself boonk, into your physical body here. Okay. Without the concept of here and there, you're one, which you are. However, part of you remains kind of at the controls, while part of you agrees to be down here uh, experiencing the life. But you're still one. See the way that works? The language, the language is the only reason that you cannot pay a lot of money for an expensive ticket and spend a week in the Hilton on the moon. Lunar Hilton, hello. It's our language that's keeping this from happening. It's the lack in our language that's keeping this from happening. The, the cure for cancer was discovered in the 20s. It was. Now the language, the, the big C, whatever this is. No, please, there's, there's other things that can be done. Blah, 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 let me just leave the nonsense. Um, here, I'll, I'll explain that. Doubt attracts chaos. Okay. Fortune favors the bold because doubt attracts chaos. That's actual thinking. Of course, it's thinking buried alive in the language we speak, but it's nonetheless thinking. In other words, if you wish to be bold, if you wish to actually you know, play Captain Kirk as the role model for your life, if you wish to not be the one doubting everything that happens, then you have to be bold. Again, doubt attracts chaos. Fun, isn't it? <laughs> well, no one ever taught me that. No good, I'll be bold, and now I shall be bold and create. All right, do that. Quit fooling around. Don't ask. Don't live in the language of excuse. 
It's another in the new book, which will be called, ironically, The New Language Codes. Ironic, eh? New Language Codes. Um, I wish to put uh, so many things. Uh, a lot of concepts in the new language. I was saying that we really do have to speak a language, have to is a bully speaking, when we speak a language that recognizes everything is love, then we will be an ascended race living on an ascended planet. Right now, here today, 2013, whatever the specific date is, we do, and I'll just say this, because directness is not necessarily buffered. We live on a slave planet. All right. Now, one form of slavery is judgment. Whenever you are judgmental, you are enslaving yourself to doubt, worry, fear. Just the list is not worth repeating, because we, we really want to leave behind these lower-level constructs. OK. Reset. By the way, would you please be so kind as to call in if you have a question about anything in your life, if you have something that has upset you, if you have had a dream, if you'd had uh, anything we've written or said on this show, if you'd like further explanation, we'd be very glad to assist with all this. It's an important thing to get feedback with our audience. By the way, you are one of the most advanced audiences there are in the world. The people that have been fans of this show, viewers of this show for the going on 20 years that it's been on the air, you people are more advanced than other people around you. Advancement has to do with the language you think in. Um, if you read a Mensa book, the Mensa book will tell you so-and-so thinks such-and-such is the definition of intelligence. Well, after a few Mensa books, then the concept is, what is my definition of intelligence? So I will give you my personal definition of intelligence. There is the event, there is the reaction, and there is the response. The distance between the event and the response is intelligence. The longer that distance is, less intelligent. The shorter that distance is, more intelligent. It's that simple. So if you think with a word like betrayal, betrayal sets up, uh, like any other word, a word is a program. If you speak or think a word, you have set off a program. There is always a program running in your mind, running in your life. Okay, and we'll do, if I still remember it, we'll do betrayal after the call. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hey, Neville, it's Lina. Lina, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. I have, uh, in listening to you talk, I think the, the, I kept feeling that the bottom line of language was just love. And when yeah, there's exactly. love, there is no language necessary. Very well put. And that is a very, very advanced language. Yes. I had, uh, um, any question per se? Is no, it? what? holds us back from it? The language we think in. The language we think in is not designed to get us to understand anything as being on our side. The language we speak in is so riddled with doubt, I think, did you hear the joke? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. That it keeps us from knowing that we're great and beautiful and powerful and creators of our own life. Yeah. We are more or less forbidden to be that bright. That's what I was saying about it being a slave planet. That yeah. is a form of enslavement. Plus, with the lack, there, this is a slave planet. Uh, and money is the, the, one of the gnomes in the slavery. In other words, if you have no money or you have all the money there is, you remain enslaved to money. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's silly. That's flat out dumb. Yes. Supposing tomorrow morning absolutely everyone said, I'm going to do what I would love to do. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, I spent uh, a good two years on this program asking people, and we did not get a single reply. What would you do if tomorrow morning you were allowed to wake up and do anything you would love to do? About six months into it, I realized you wouldn't wake up because you've been sleep deprived since the invention of the light bulb. Yeah. Okay? You would not wake up. So then I said, well, after you do wake up, say it takes six months of just doing, you know, scratching your back and laughing and running in circles for no reason. Okay, what would you love to do with your life? You know what wakes a lot of people up is when they find out they're going to die. They go to a doctor <laughs> and they say, you've got cancer and oh, nothing no, I, can do for I you. Oh, no, I would love someone to tell me that. Yeah, then they really, they really have to say, wow, what do I want to do with my life? I only hey. have six months left. Yes, and therefore the fictitious bucket list yeah. Now, the bucket list are things you didn't do for very good reason, okay? Uh, uh, skydiving, right? No, right. I'm not going to jump out of an airplane depending on a bunch of strings. Right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. We'll just scratch that right off the bucket list. <laughs> no, it's not, you know, the, the idea of loving yourself, that's what's missing. Yes. Yeah. And how would you do that? So what would you do? If you were allowed to do exactly what you would love to do, and you were part of a society in which everyone woke up one morning with the decision that they would do what they would love to do. Yeah. Is that yeah. a question to me? If you would like to answer oh, it. Oh, oh, I Otherwise, thought, I'll well, answer it for I me. Do, I do exactly what I love to do. Yeah. I treat every day as, as if it's my last day. There you go. And that's the beginning of it. And I'm... I think something happened too. I've always been aware of. I've, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm obsessed with death and dying and and mortality, and it's just kind of an unriding, you know, uh, part of me. I'll, I'll do that one for you. This could possibly um, change that focus because I've already died. Okay. Yes. The, the, the border between now and death really is virtually invisible. Yes. You have another identity. It's, it's no different than changing clothes. Exactly. The you. Japanese say a, a man is whatever room he is in. You know, in other words, well, that, I thought that was self-evident. You know, whatever room you're in is who you are right now exactly. I'm in the studio. Exactly. So I'm this persona, but nonetheless, this concept. Yeah. But let me know. Call in later if you'd like with some other question or answer or... Um, conscript that, uh, and uh, thank you very much for well, calling. Good. good to talk to you. Yeah, this was very greatly appreciated, by the way. Okay, bye-bye. We, -bye. we look forward to your calling in again. Yeah, so this idea of <coughs> changing the way in which we think. Okay, so let me just a uh, little, oh, we're talking about between the lives. I'll return to between the lies 
we were talking about intelligence as the distance between the event and the actual response rather than the reaction. And we'll do the next call then. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Kathy. Kathy, what can we do for you? First of all, I want to tell Mary that I really enjoyed her online cards. They're so fun Excellent. and they're so colorful and so informative. Oh, they're brilliant. She has uh, four decks out now. Four. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just exciting that, as far as I can tell, they break ground at no other deck. I'm not, she's the expert on, <coughs> pardon me, on tarot, but uh, uh, no other decks like that. I, I forwarded that link to many people, and they've all been really grateful. And um, I'm probably going to buy some of the first of the month as gifts for Christmas. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, I, I well, Christmas I've got shop all year for round. You, if you would. Yes, please. One of them is, will my, uh, will my, uh, my, will my work start soon? And we get paid for it. Will my work that I want to get paid for start soon? Okay, so we'll do this one for you. Now, you understand that's a decision, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, by asking it as a question, you're not making the decision. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so I need to say, um, well, my minister has been telling me, thank God ahead of time for it, like pay it forward. Like, I'm right, grateful right. for the money in my bank account. Okay. Because then I see myself going to the bank and paying my bills, and I'm really excited for the work. It's an I am, you understand. I am. I, I am. am. I, I am getting the work? Yes. It's, <clears throat> this is the, um, remember Khrushchev pounding his shoe on the uh, podium? That was a mm -hmm. man making a decision. We didn't care for his decision, but, and we made a different decision. But mm -hmm. that's the way this works. You, mm -hmm. um, you are a powerful creator <clears throat> mm -hmm. to the point that other people will just back up. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, just, just manifest this thing. This is why I build the um, uh, waveform generators. When, mm -hmm. when we desire something, we have been trained. We've been trained to cover it with doubt. We've been trained to do that. Well, unknown situation, your brilliant mind immediately understands. Within a mm -hmm. nanosecond, you have doubted your understanding. And by the third nanosecond, you believe the doubt and forget the knowing. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. That's why the waveform generators. You tell the waveform generators something that you want manifest. You write it on a piece of paper. You put it under the, uh, under the device. And it radiates it nonstop until it harmonizes and then manifests. And it, how much is this wonderful good thing? Oh, they vary. <laughs> um, okay. Send, send uh, Mary an email or me an e email and I'll look on the website. Uh, it's probably on the website too. Uh, yeah, the, I'd, I, what would happen is I'd uh, email you pictures, and then uh, there would be the possibility of choosing and, and shipping, etc. However, all that works. But uh, that's the other thing that I'd like to ask then is, um, will me and my the person I'm in love with soon be together and, and harmonize and be comfortable like we've been working towards? All right. Now, you don't want me to make that decision, correct? No, I want you to, well, I, I thought we were going to do a reading. Are you doing readings, or are you just? I, I, Mary I, I, does readings. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I take people into past lives. I take people between lives. I would take you to see the incarnational contract you have with this gentleman. Uh, but 
the way this thing is phrased and existing in front of me, then it's not my decision to make. It's both of your decisions to make. That is the thing. You have a good feeling about it, then, Eric. Can you get any energy from this, or what do you feel? Yes, I do feel, and that's a very good way to put it, because the brain always gets in the way. It's the job of the brain. It does. It thinks. You know, if I say, I think this is nothing. It's gone. No authority, nothing. If I say uh -huh. feel, yes, well, I have a good feeling about this. This is what you've asked. Now, to, um, the power of decision. Okay, this is about everything. The uh -huh. power of decision. Once, uh, and this is the first, I've taught Trinity thinking for it seems like a thousand years. With the human race, we think bipolar. Good, bad, yes, no, back, forth. And we're all flopping like fish all the time. Okay. Uh -huh. So then when you introduce Trinity thinking, Trinity thinking is the idea that there's more than one correct answer. For uh -huh. any two polar opposites, there's a third thought that lets you recognize the opposites as the same thing. Think Trinity thinking. Okay. Now, <clears throat> the Trinity decision. And this is the first decision that entered another dimension in my thinking. And I will explain that. And it's so long ago. When okay, there well, is, is there an answer there that do you feel that we will be together? Just yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. Now, this is an authority thing. <clears throat> There's one and only one authority in your life. Who is that? God. And? Me? You. Yes, you. God's you. inside of me, I know, but I mean... Right. Yeah. And so since we are each an encapsulation of God, we are each a viewpoint of God, we are definitely all God. There's nothing that's not God. And uh -huh. since we have an individual consciousness, then that uh -huh. also is God. And within uh -huh. that format is the idea that we are the authority in our life. You, in other words, if your boss says, do something, you're the one that tells your legs to stand up and go do it. You, uh -huh. not him, but boy, he looks like an authority figure, yes? Uh -huh. Okay, same thing with God. God gave us free will. Uh -huh. What does that mean? Free will means that whatever's going on, it's your idea. That's what free will means. Anything uh -huh. that happens in your life is your idea. Now, if we can subtract victimhood from that equation, we have something clean to work with. In other words, so most people know I was shot to death. Well, I made the decision to be shot to death. The person that shot me made the decision to shoot someone. Uh, the person that built the gun that he shot me with made the decision to have the experience of building a gun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are no victims uh -huh. anywhere. Uh -huh. Okay. So if we subtract victim mentality from the idea that you are the authority in your life, then you enter another echelon of consciousness. Eventually. You follow? Yeah, it just kind of got convoluted, though. But if we're, I guess Welcome the thing the that club. I guess... <laughs> Pardon? Welcome to the club. It's the language we've been taught to think in. Right. If we brought up a generation knowing that they were in charge of their lives, 
that, that would put an end, and, and that they recognize everything is love. That would put an end to warfare, I'll tell you that right away. Mm -hmm. Nobody go. You can't tell me I have to go. They gave it a shot in the 60s. I was one of those people. No, we won't go. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to those people? Country Joe, what, he's in a band somewhere. <laughs> he's, he's in some place doing that same song for the rest of his life. <laughs> right. You're always entertaining, Neville. You always, I am, you yes, always have a lot to say. I, it's right there. There's the reason I'm so entertaining. It's the Leo, and you, you can't help it. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you very you. much for calling. I, I appreciate that greatly. All right. God bless and take care. Yeah, Bye -bye. you too. All right. Yeah, the words you think and determine the intelligence you possess. There's a, amazing amounts of, oh, there we are. So between the lives, between the lives, you get to meet the, um, your higher self. Not that you couldn't do that without going between the lives. As a matter of fact, anything you can do between the lives, you can do in this life. I've been doing it for a long time, understanding what's going on. So we all have an incarnational contract, and the contract has stipulations that we are going to make levels of mastery in this particular lifetime. Mastery of consciousness, mastery of ourselves, uh, mastery of uh, creation. Yeah, this is what we do. This is what we came here to do. So in going between the lives, you meet the cast of characters that you have incarnated with over so many, 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 many lifetimes. Now let's put together um, so I was shot to death in a mugging in Manhattan, and um, I was immediately between the worlds. And they, they mentioned that the um, mortally wounded and the brain still functions for about seven seconds. So uh, having been mortally wounded, the seven seconds that I, where the brain was actually functioning, was um, I looked down, there was my body laying there in an ever-spreading puddle of blood, no breath. I noticed that there were uh, bullet holes in my new silk shirt and my head. And uh, the next thought was uh, dust collects on the ceiling. I never realized dust collected on the ceiling. I know this because it's tickling my nose. And that was about the cessation of the brain. The very next thought was, I'm in a white room. I'm in, was it the Moody Blues? I'm in a white room, and there's a dude sitting there reading a book. Guess what book? Yes, my incarnational contract, the book of my life, uh, the 40 years ago that that was. I went back and looked in that book just once, one page, one, three words. I read three words in that book, and that's for me to know. Okay, and because I knew not to go do that, but I did it anyhow, the curiosity, and that's us humans. All right, so the dude, and I'm doing the guilty dance, balls up a ball of light, uh, which was, by the way, Sekim, those initiating in Sekim, balled up a blue ball of light and threw it at me, dunk, hit me perfectly in the heart, and I was calm after that. 
okay? And then, long story short, believe me, this could be the whole show. He puts me in a room where the guy kills me, I kill him, he kills me, I kill him, he kills me, I kill him, he kills me. The guy reaches in there, grabs me out of the room, and says, here's another room. Dunk. And we go in the room, and that's where we're signing the contract. And the, the guy that killed me is sitting opposite me, and we have written this long contract, and he says to me, kids, you know, according to this, I'm going to blow your head off with a handgun when you're 27. Whoa. Okay, and I go, yes, yes you are, and I sign that contract. And then I wake up in the hospital, and I can see people, I can see people in past lives. I see dead people, yes, it's a humorous anecdote. I see people in, uh, and then I see people on other planets that are walking around in front of me, people, human beings. And has, so then I spend, I don't know how many years taking people off-planet. I still do. I love to take people off-planet because the contract that you have on this planet is also the same contract that the you uh, that lives on another planet, same contract, and you get to see how the other you is acting out that same contract. There is amazing insight in that. I don't know how uh, the depth of the realization you can have from seeing you on another planet acting out whatever it is, whatever it is, and that is your contract. So I was to come to um, realization of recognizing everything is love in a language that forbids you to even comprehend that. Okay, that's the shatter from the uh, ethers. Okay. Okay, now, <clears throat> let us say two years after I've recovered enough uh, that I've re-educated my body and my mind and I'm walking around and I've figured out not to walk up to strangers and tell them about their past lives. Uh, and I'm actually uh, working for Carl Schult, who uh, ran a metaphysical institute um, that gave me a job for uh, seven years. I spent seven years uh, as a part of a um, company that performed metaphysical services for people. We had a numerologist, we had a glorious number of astrologers, we had people that were teaching yoga. Uh, it was the beginning of raw food consciousness, it was the beginning of all kinds of consciousness, all kinds. Uh, and I read palms and I took people into past lives in this. Those were the two things I did. And so after um, seven years of this apprenticeship to it, because it was new to me, it was new. Not anymore. <laughs> There's a thousand uh, past life stories, that all of which are very interesting. Uh, I, I took a guy into a past life um, that took place a very long time ago, and uh, not in any of the worlds we're used to. We didn't really have a name for what happened to this. We're all set? We'll take a brief, remind me of the guy. And I'll, I'll, this is the last painting that I have done. This is, um, uh, <coughs> this, was, this is the beginning. I didn't, I wasn't even conscious of what this was when I did it. And uh, I'll tell you what it is. It is a direct experience of divinity. 
uh, when um, the beingness that we are reaches an echelon, there's a breakthrough. So you see this is the brick wall. And you see that you can see the brick wall through this plate that's on it, through this poster, through this painting on it. But it's the same brick wall, right? Okay. Now, through the light bulb, and the light bulb is always an idea, okay, and it's the idea of love, and it is therefore the idea of divinity. We're with me? Did we lose anyone? Okay. Then you see that the bricks are this wonderful experience. The, the bricks are lit up by love. Follow? Everything is lit up by love. And this was the moment where you saw through the veil to understand that a brick wall is as much love as anything else. And the brick wall, the physical earth brick wall, is being lit by the light. You see the pinks lighting the bricks sideways. This was a lot of thing, and not much of it was as conscious as it could have been. I did everything as an artist does it. You're in a trance. You're actually channeling the painting. Picasso channeled his paintings. Dolly channeled his paintings. It's anybody that paints is channeling. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, this idea. And I was talking about something before. Oh, yeah, all right. So, um, two years after the shooting, and I realized that I cannot possibly forgive the man that shot me because there was nothing to forgive. Because my signature was on the contract and that shooting was my idea. Everybody's caught that? We're aware of this? The shooting was my idea. Okay. So now when I hear people going, I forgive you, I hear someone being very wimpy about the whole thing, and that's the polite word, Okay, because every, there's no victims. You cannot forgive anyone for anything because you're saying, I'm a victim. As soon as you say, I forgive, you are saying, I'm a victim. Get right over that if you want to. It's not my call to make. It's your life. But that's the way I'd put it. Okay, so let us say three years now after the shooting, it strikes me one day that I love that man for playing the sacrificial role of shooting me dead because I got to wake up in a hospital seeing through the veil very clearly. Um, I got to write a bunch of books. I get to talk to everyone on TV. I get all of these things. And he sacrificed himself by agreeing to, and there's no heinous, there's no he, by agreeing to have the experience of shooting someone. I can't even be anything but loving towards this guy. He never actually did anything wrong. It was just an experience he chose to have, one I don't choose to have. But I want to thank him and love him for having done that. Now, here's the kicker, and here's why you've paid attention to this story. Okay, Once I loved that man for killing me, that him killing me, me killing him, the first room I was stuck in, and I was stuck in that room, that's all gone. That's say bye-bye. I do not have to reincarnate 
train to be a killer, hunt him down, and kill him in my next life. There is no life in which this has to happen. Does that make sense? Now, free therapy. You know, turn, up, <laughs> turn up the volume. Yes, here it is, free therapy. You ready? You ready? The worst thing that was ever done to you. I don't care what it was. The worst thing ever done to you. The thing you carried for years. Was one of the biggest favors ever done to you? Because it changed your life. It steered your life. It got the cranium extricated from the posterior. As far as your life movement went forward. You got that? Okay. Now, when you love the person that did that for you, then you don't have to dance with that karma ever, 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 ever again. You're free. And let's go to a painting. It's better than advertising. Okay, and we're ready for the next painting. And the next painting is? Oh, yeah. This is Don Draper, yes, okay, from Mad Men. You recognize? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, it's not as visible as it is in the 3D reality of the painting, but he's wearing a disguise. He's wearing a tie and a jacket over his face. Those are not glasses he's looking through. That's the collar of a tie. Because that's who he is. That's the essence, John, essence of John Hamm. Okay, and so that, that, that's uh, amazingly inspiring to me, which would be why I did it. You know, very good. Okay, and this concept of, look, I'm reflecting. Oh, he's angelic. Don't. There we go. All right, so this concept. Now, this is another one where it just, it decided it would exist, and, and, there it is. It just appears in front of me. It is the nature of it. It is channeled. It has a, a greater beingness than uh, one might necessarily suspect. And uh, pull apples and oranges next, Rick, if you're going to uh, pull up another painting. Okay, now once you get to the therapy that I'm talking about, which is where whoever did the worst thing to you that was ever done to you, and you love them for doing it because you realize you were the one that, that pulled the trigger. You were the one that made the decision. You were the one that created this event in your life in order to get you to be a better, better, better you. Then you're free. Yes, run scared. No, you're free. The whole point of incarnation you no longer live on a slave planet. None of this stuff is real. It's, and in fact, I would have to use the word entertaining if I was going to use a single word for most of the dramas people buy themselves into on this planet. You know there's no... Ah. All right, we'll, we'll go with that. That works very well. All right, Rick, uh, let me do... Um, I'm going to do... Uh, uh, this one, is that good? Okay. So this is a painting. Uh, it looks just like me, doesn't it? Are we good with that? 
Okay, and now that I can see nothing. Yes, okay. This is a painting that is designed to activate the third eye. May, in fact, asked me to do a geometry that would open the third eye. And this just appeared, just appeared <coughs> right in front of me. And as you close in on the green, okay, that opens the third eye. I don't know why. When I was doing it, I recognized it as part of the um, da -da -da -da, tree of life, part of the tree of life, like the tip of the tree of life. But it's not, but I recognized it that way. And then it struck me that the tree of life was used to activate the entire of the chakra system. But this was the specific will call about the third eye. So just relax into the green. Picture yourself going through the green into the portal. Oh boy, that opened up a lot. Okay, now count to seven and then we're going to um, go on with the show. Okay, thank you very much for experiencing that, because that does work, the opening of the third eye. There, and then there's a thousand oh God, uh, pieces of information on the third eye. It's a language that's been going on your whole life that you have no idea about. The language of your perception in the third eye as when you see something. <coughs> <coughs> You just know something, and then you don't doubt yourself, perceptionally. Okay, next one. Okay, this is a new twist on apples and oranges. Everybody, everybody, <clears throat> by everyone, <coughs> I'm talking about the scientific world Everyone in the scientific world is going on and on and on and on about black holes, okay? Black holes are a dimensional portal. All of the matter being sucked into the dimensional portal, being sucked into the black hole, is reappearing on the other side as not exactly the same thing, but then again it is, just like apples and oranges. So the two funnels are the two sides of the black hole, neither one of which is black. And the energy passing, the, um, oh yeah, I found that one falling asleep two nights ago. It's um, matter into energy, is polarity thinking. Why then, what's the trinity? No, half of you asked. <laughs> there's matter, there's energy, and the third side of the equation we would call God, Om, and intelligence about it. 
So there's matter, energy, and intelligence guiding it. Are you with me? The trinity. Any duality that you have in your thinking, any duality that you have in your thinking, there is a third thought that allows you to recognize the two polar opposites, the duality, as being the same thing. And I didn't even find myself stumped on energy into matter. It never struck me that I couldn't figure out the third thing. It just downloaded as I was falling asleep. Matter and energy, the third point, well, God, the intelligence that's guiding the process. How could that be missed? It's mystifying. Okay, earlier on in the show, I was talking about the decision trinity. Okay. So when you make a decision, there is a process, and when the process is complete, boredom ensues. Okay, that's the original trinity of um, decision. And that's in this book, which introduces the idea of trinity thinking. Dun, dun, dun. Also, this book introduces the idea that you do not have to be guilty. Huh? Yes. Uh, it introduces the idea that uh, anger and guilt happen to be the same thing. Huh? Yeah. Now, the way it is in the polar mind, bipolar mind, there is anger and then there is guilt. Ah, ah, ah. Inside out, that's the way that actually works. In other words, um, You've, guilt, guilt is the anger of the innocence. Really? How does that work? Oh, someone asks you to do something, and you forget about it. And then you remember it, and the moment's gone, so you feel guilty. Slow down, back up. You didn't ask to be asked. You're angry at you for not saying, no, I'm not doing that. But the guilt does not remain guilt for very long. The guilt metamorphosizes. I love long words. Metamorphosizes, transmogificates, much better, yes, into self-deprecation. Anybody who hurts themselves feels very guilty. But you don't have to. You don't have to be guilty about anything because guilt and manipulation are the same thing. So, we're not assigning blame, just observing that as soon as you feel guilty, you're highly controllable. Government ring a bell? Okay. Shall we do, this is the nine lords of time? Okay. So we'll get to another painting here. I love to be across purposes, or in this case, cross porpoise. I love this painting. This is a vision from another planet. Um, the clouds are geometries, uh, and this is a meeting of a group of individuals that are chatting. And uh, the principal that was talking to me while I was doing this. It's the moment of sunrise. Uh, the shadows, there's no shadows in this world. So what would 
be taking the place to, if they're standing in a straight line at the bottom of the picture, then their shadow is the same color they are. It's like all translucence. And the angle that the head is at and the distance from <coughs> distance from the body determines a peak of um, technique of communication. These are, talk to the nine lords of dreaming next time you fall asleep. Ask one of them to weave you a dream that will awaken you. We do things like this. This is the way, these are techniques by which we can become conscious, become aware. Speak to the lords of, lords does not mean they have more power than, just means they've been here longer. It's like adults and children. Yes, I'm the lord of my, no, no, calm down. Lord of the manor, get back here now, okay? It's just the idea of uh, dreaming didn't always exist. There was the birth of dreaming. It's the idea that the uh, ever-present intelligence one day said, oh, hey, dreaming, somebody get on that. Oh, well, okay, we'll do that. What's dreaming? Well, since the brain never shuts off and it has to do something while, it, while you're asleep, ah, then you know how you can wake up? And I wake up now and I download a list of revelations I've had during the sleep time. <laughs> Most of the time it's, no, oh, it's nothing to worry about. Nonetheless, there is this process going on. Uh, anyhow, that painting is... Um, Something to me extremely awakening about that, I know, Lords of Dreams, nonetheless awakening. Uh, if you go to telepathic TV, when you go to telepathic TV, uh, there's a button push that'll um, put you through to um, Fine Art America. Uh, which will uh, lead directly to the page uh, where all of these paintings that I do are, and you can check that out if it's of curiosity to you. I think there's 30 plus paintings, things I dream. A lot of the paintings are dreamings. All right, now, a major concept I want to come up with here before the end of this particular <laughs> timing, see that? This particular show, okay. Now, this is, the new book is talking about understanding everything is love and speaking a language that leads you directly to understand love in everything that happens. Okay, that's the objective of the new book. It's absolutely a piece of cake. Uh, we only have the word love. We don't have any other word. So I'm going to give you now quite a few words to expand your definition of love. Anything that you use to describe a taste is a form of love. In other words, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know sweet as love. We even say, well, that was very sweet of you. 
blah, 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 giving up sugar. Um, recognize sweet as an essence. When someone is sweet to me, I feel nourished by it. Okay. Sweet. All right. Uh, now, what about mm, bitter love? Ooh, bitter love. Well, bitter love is an acquired taste. Bitter love is so satisfying sometimes. Uh, have you eaten a dish that's uh, its whole idea is it's going to be very bitter? You don't want necessarily too much of it, but you want enough of it to enjoy that? Well, that's who we are. That's the experience of love. Salty, salty love. Yes? Now, insults. Oh, we've done so much on this show again and again and again. If someone insults you, they are talking about themselves, not you. Once you understand salty love is reflecting its source, salt is definitely a source. Okay, what's another taste? Um, do we do spicy? Spicy love. Ah. Now there we can go, right? Spicy love, yes, let's do that. That's the hot as a pepper sprout, whatever that singer was. That's the idea that, oh man, this sets me on fire. This is the, yes, okay, but it doesn't last long. Well, no, not actually. Well, it depends on the individual, but you have to keep lighting flames, and then you, that's the only flavor you get is, is way too hot. But you see my point, and if anybody wants to write in, you've thought of a taste, and how that represents love. Okay, so then you can begin to expand your vocabulary as far as the subject of love goes, because you now have another a dozen different ways to describe love. Love. And that's the whole, everything is love. All of it, everything is love. The brick wall is love, I proved it. Okay, everything, it doesn't matter what it is. The, the most evil thing ever done to you was an act of love. You get this? The therapy, you find the thing that, that you hate the most that happened in this lifetime, okay? And you recognize that as having transmuted you in your favor. Everything that happens in your life is on your side. That's a basic premise to begin the idea of recognizing everything as love. Recognizing it all as love. All right, fine, don't. Uh, at any rate, uh, we're going to be at uh, Ruby, roll the R, Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. If you are doing nothing, then please come and join us. We will sit around the table. We will laugh. We will boldly create. We will... Um, repel chaos by being bold. It's the way it works. Ask Kirk. Any old business? Any, um, Mary will be doing, uh, will be back next week, and also Mary will be doing um, EFT, I believe. She has two, um, two classes coming up. I'll give her an email if you'd like to find out more or be in them. That's a very good class she teaches. Um, uh, let me know if you want to go between the lives and see who you really are or what's really fun, go to another planet, find out who you are on the other planet and how what's going on there is what's going on here.
which would be interesting enough just to figure out what it is that's going on here, as we know. And thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank you.